the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. They rejoiced that God was speaking and working through John to call the nation back to repentance, but ultimately they rejected John's testimony. Why? Because they didn't like what John said to them. They liked that John was out there telling people to repent. That's what the nation needs to hear. The nation needs to repent. But when those religious leaders came out, John called them a brood of vipers and told them, you guys need to repent. They didn't like that. And so from that point, they rejected John's testimony. As long as the message God has for you fits in with what you want to hear, it's welcome. But what about when he starts poking those issues you struggle with in your own heart? It's easy to zone out or take him a little less seriously when it comes to those things, right? As Pastor Dan will point out in today's message, that is Pharisee behavior. You can't pick and choose the elements of the gospel based on personal preference. If you're going to follow Jesus, it's got to be all or nothing. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. what every parent wants for their child, that their child be great in the sight of the Lord and make millions of dollars. But other than they, but first you want to be great in the sight of the Lord, right? And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. He will also go before him and the spirit go before him, go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And so he has this amazing promise about his son. He's going to have a son, a miraculous conception and birth. The son's going to be named John and he's going to prepare the way for the Lord to come. Prepare the way for the Messiah to come. Now understand that between the end of the Old Testament and this event, 400 years go by. And from the end of the Old Testament to this point, God's silent. God doesn't send a prophet. Uh, God doesn't send a message. God's not speaking. They're called the 400 silent years. And so you've got the end of the Old Testament where God seems to stop speaking. There's no more prophets in Israel. Then you've got this. Where now an angel appears. And announces that this child will be born, John, who's going to prepare the way for the Messiah to come. Now God breaks the silence with John the Baptist. And 
You know the ministry of John the Baptist. When he began his ministry, he called people to repentance and baptism. And we are told in the Gospels that many people, many people from all over came to John, repented of their sins, and were baptized. And it was this great, powerful move of God like they had never seen in their lifetime before. No one living at that time had ever seen anything like this before. And if you go back to John chapter 5, Jesus says to these religious leaders, you, in verse 33, you have sent to John and he has borne witness to the truth. The religious leaders went out to the Jordan River to investigate John's ministry because they heard about it, they knew about it, so they went out to investigate his ministry. The ministry of John the Baptist was, was a current thing for these religious leaders. It wasn't old news. It wasn't something that happened thousands of years before that they had no way of really verifying. It was, it was happening. It was current. And Jesus even reminds them, you went out and you spoke to John. You investigated his ministry and John gave his testimony to you And he's borne witness to the truth. What was the testimony of John the Baptist? We'll turn back to chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 19. Jesus calls John the Baptist as his first witness. And he says, you've got the testimony of John the Baptist. What was the testimony of John the Baptist? Look at verse 19, the first sentence. Now this is the testimony of John. Here we go. That's pretty clear. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed. And he did not deny, but confessed, I'm not the Christ. And why did John say that? Because there were many people that thought he was the Messiah. That's how, that's how powerful his ministry was. People were saying, Is this the Messiah? Could this be the Christ? So he right up friends, I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? Well, if you're not the Messiah, you must be a prophet. Are you Elijah? I'm not. Are you the prophet, meaning the prophet that Moses spoke of in in Deuteronomy 18? He answered, no. Then they asked him, well, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now, those who were sent were from the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who, coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. Now look at verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming forward toward him and said, Behold! the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, there's that word, witness, saying, here's John's testimony, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven, like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me, which was God, to baptize with water, said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, 
This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Verse 34, and I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. That's the testimony of John. Jesus says, let me call John the Baptist to the witness stand. You guys went out and interviewed him. What did he say to you? What was his testimony? His testimony was that I am the Son of God. And John explains it all there. Now go back to chapter 5 once again. Look at verse 35. John's testimony was Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. In verse 35, Jesus says to the religious leaders, He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. So for a time, for a season, the religious leaders rejoiced in John the Baptist. They rejoiced that God sent a prophet to Israel They rejoiced that God was speaking and working through John to call the nation back to repentance. But ultimately, they rejected John's testimony. Why? Because they didn't like what John said to them. They liked that John was out there telling people to repent. That's what the nation needs to hear. The nation needs to repent. But when those religious leaders came out, John called them a brood of vipers and told them, you guys need to repent. They didn't like that. And so from that point... They rejected John's testimony. And isn't that how people are? You know, they, 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 they like Jesus. They like the Bible. They like the Bible stories. And, until you touch on something that deals with their heart, and I don't want to have anything to do with that anymore. Well, that's what happened to the religious leaders. They rejected John's testimony because John called them to repent. Now, go back to verse 34. We skipped over verse 34, but it was on purpose because verse 34 is such, a, such an important verse for us. Jesus says, Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you religious leaders, you religious leaders who are plotting to kill me, that you may be saved. I want you to see what Jesus says here in verse 34. First of all, he says, I don't need the testimony of man to validate who I am. I don't need the testimony of any man to validate who I am. Jesus is who he is. Jesus is who he is. Whether whether we believe that or don't believe that or accept him or reject him doesn't really change who he is. And he doesn't need us to affirm that he is the Christ, the Son of God. He is the Christ, the Son of God, whether we believe it or not. And he says here, He says, I I don't receive the testimony from man, but I say these things to you that you might be saved. You know, what Jesus is doing here is he is he is condescending now to these religious leaders to try to prove to them and convince them that he is the Christ. He is the son of God. And why does he do that? He tells us in verse 34, he does it. He said these things to them that they might be saved. He is taking the time to reveal himself to these religious leaders because he wants them to be saved. He's concerned about their salvation. He doesn't want them to be separated from him for all eternity. He wants them to come to know him as their Lord and Savior, to receive his forgiveness and receive his salvation. When Jesus is on the cross, he he prays for the very people that persecuted him. 
and he prays for them, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He prays for their forgiveness for what they've done to him. Father, forgive them. Not Father, get them, but Father, forgive them. Not Father, smite them. Give them a loathsome disease in their loins. Right? Psalm 38, the old King James. Isn't that what you'd pray? I'd pray something like that. Father, forgive them. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Listen, listen. That's his heart. That's Jesus' heart for the sinner. For the very people that are plotting to kill him. He's concerned with their salvation. So much so that he, he takes the time patiently to try to persuade them and convince them and to, to parade these different witnesses before him and give them the evidence to prove who he is to them, knowing that they're plotting to kill him. Again, you, you and I, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't do that. Somebody who's persecuting us and coming against us and plotting to kill us. It just shows his heart. You know, the Bible says that he's not willing that any would perish in their sins. He's not willing that anyone would be separated from God by their sins, but that all would come to repentance and faith in him and be saved. He wants all men to receive forgiveness and salvation, so much so that he, he's, he's taking this time with these people who want to kill him. You know, uh, Jesus said to us, his disciples, his followers, In Matthew chapter 5, he told us, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for them. How should we pray for them? Pray for their salvation. Pray for that God would forgive them for what they're doing. You know, Jesus models this. What he tells us to do, he himself did. And he modeled this for us in the way that he treats these religious leaders who are plotting against him. So he calls John the Baptist to the witness stand. We see the testimony of John that Jesus is the Son of God. Now in verse 36, Jesus calls a greater witness than John the Baptist. The word greater here in verse 36, it means superior, comparatively The next witness is superior to John the Baptist. The second witness that Jesus calls is his works. His works. Verse 36. But I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given me to finish. The very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. What what is the testimony of the works? That the Father has sent 
Jesus, that Jesus is from God. You know, facts are a stubborn thing. And the fact is, multitudes of people were healed by Jesus. Multitudes of people. And, and the religious leaders knew it. They saw it. Don't you remember when Jesus heals the leper? There's several times he heals a leper. And then what does he say? Go show yourself to the priest. And make the offering for the person that's been cleansed of leprosy. Go down to the temple. Tell the priest what I've done. I've cleansed you of your leprosy. The priests knew. The religious leaders knew. They saw those that were healed. Uh, Even at the beginning of chapter 5, Jesus heals the lame man by the pool of Bethesda. They see that man. They've seen that he's been miraculously healed of of his disability. At the end of the Gospel of John, we're told that of all the miracles that Jesus performed were written down one by one that the world could not contain the volumes that would be written. You know, the Gospels just give, they just scratch the surface. They just give us a fraction of all the works and miracles that Jesus performed. And he's healing multitudes. We see where he goes into Capernaum and he heals everybody in the town. All the sick, all the diseased, all the paralyzed, all the disabled, all the demon-possessed, the lepers, all of them are being cleansed, are being healed, are being restored, are being made whole. I read this verse a couple weeks ago to you. Isaiah 35, verse 4. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and he will save you. So it says God will come. Then when God comes, The eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then when God comes, the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. The mute shall speak. Isaiah prophesies and says, God will come. And when God comes, you'll know because the eyes of the blind will be open. The deaf will hear. The mute will speak. The lame will walk. That's when you'll know that God has come. And all these things are happening. All these things are happening by the thousands all throughout Israel. And these religious leaders, they've, they've, got, you know, they've got a crisis on their hands. There's even one point, I think it's in Matthew's gospel, where Jesus works a miracle and the people ask the religious leaders, isn't this the son of David? Right? Because you told us in Isaiah that when the Messiah comes, he's going to do all these things. This guy's doing all these things. Isn't he the son of David? And what do they do at that point? The religious leaders say, no, he's doing this by the power of Satan. And that's when Jesus teaches the religious leaders, says to the religious leaders, and he warns them about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Right? Which, what's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? The truth has been revealed to you, and you just deny it. Right? And that's what the religious leaders are in danger of doing. So there's all kinds of evidence. All the works are happening. It's undeniable. Go back to chapter 3. Go back to chapter 3, verse 1. This is when Nicodemus comes to Jesus. And in verse 1, we're told that Nicodemus was a Pharisee and a ruler of the Jews. He's one of the religious leaders. And Nicodemus says in verse 2, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, look what it says, We know that you are a teacher come from God. 
For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Nicodemus said, we know that you have come from God. He doesn't say, I know. He says, we know. The religious leaders, we know that you have come from God. How did they know? Because of the signs. Because of the miracles Jesus did. They knew no one can do all of these miracles unless God is with him. And so Jesus calls the works to the witness stand that show and testify that Jesus is from God. The third witness that Jesus calls is the Father himself. The Father himself in verse 37. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. Now when did the Father testify of Jesus? You remember at the baptism of Jesus, the father spoke audibly from heaven and said, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. So the father declared that Jesus is the son, is his son. And again, this isn't something for them that happened thousands of years ago, that there's no way to really verify whether it happened or not. The baptism of Jesus happened like a year ago for them. And there were many eyewitnesses there that heard the voice of God speak from heaven and testify that Jesus is the Son of God. All those witnesses are still around, still available. So there's the testimony of the Father. The fourth witness that Jesus calls are the Scriptures. The Scriptures. Verse 39, you search the Scriptures For in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. You know, the Jews, uh, they they searched the scriptures, they studied the scriptures, they memorized the scriptures. Uh, Some of the rabbis memorized the entire Old Testament and could recite it word for word. They knew the scriptures. Uh, They thought that they had eternal life by their works by studying the scriptures and memorizing the scriptures, that that would give them favor with God. But Jesus says in verse 39 that all the scriptures testify of him. They all testify of him. And the scriptures Jesus spoke of here are, the, are what we would call the Old Testament. The New Testament wasn't written at this point. So Jesus is saying all of the Old Testament speaks of me. It all testifies of me. And if you remember the story after the resurrection, uh, the two guys on the road to Emmaus that Jesus met up with, they didn't realize that it was Jesus and Jesus was talking to them. And then Jesus said to them, ought not the, the Christ to be crucified and suffer? And then it says in Luke 24, uh, I think verse 27, it says that Jesus beginning at Moses and the prophets showed them and the scriptures how the Christ should suffer. He began at Moses. He began at Genesis. You know, probably beginning with Genesis chapter 3, the promise of the seed to the woman who would crush the head of the serpent. And beginning at Moses and going all the way through the Old Testament, he did a Bible study with them, showing them all of the places in the scriptures that testify of Jesus Christ. All the prophecies, all the feasts, all the stories, all the ceremonies, they all point to Jesus. He asked me how I know and I say bring true 
If you missed any part of today's message or would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings from 1 John, you can do so right now at calvaryec.com. Just click on media. In fact, there's an entire library of Pastor Dan's messages that you're welcome to listen to and even share with friends and family. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray too for your brothers and sisters in Christ listening along with you that they would be protected from the enemy and that the truth and blessing of Scripture would fuel their passion for following the Lord. Thank you for taking the time to pray. Though our time with you is at an end for today, we'd like to encourage you not to shut your Bible just yet. Continue reading in the book of 1 John, or take some time to explore any of the other 65 books in God's Word. Each one reveals new aspects of your relationship with your Creator and will open your eyes to His purpose and plans for this world and for you. We pray you are blessed richly as you continue an extended time of learning from Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today, and join us next time for another edition of Ring of Truth. It's true.